Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Hello, everyone. Off and running Wednesday evening, uh, the day after the Milwaukee Bucks claim the NBA championship. What a performance by Giannis, huh? Unbelievable. They, uh, the way they closed out Game 5 was awesome. Um, and then just to rally over uh, in Game 6 there, kind of looked like the Suns were going to take it. What a weird first half. The Bucks get out to the big lead in the first quarter. Cannot score in the second. Scored seven points and then rallied to win. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a great show on deck tonight. Uh, you know, not loaded like we have been in the past, but uh, we're going to talk Pac-12 tonight, right, Tom? Yeah, Pac-12. NFC South. Both are very competitive um, conferences, divisions here, and should be a lot of fun. A lot of storylines for all of them that are going to be fun to watch this upcoming season. Let's kick it off with a review of the Open Championship at Royal St. George's. And, uh, you know, I, I gave out Oosthuizen to win. He was in great position and then played very poorly on Sunday, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, tip of the cap to Colin Morikawa. Picks up his second major victory, and he's 24 years old. And it was his first attempt at the Open Championship, just like it was his first attempt at the PGA Championship when he won that tournament as well. So I think we're in for a long stretch if Morikawa continues to putt like he did yeah. on the weekend. That that really was the uh, – because he's such a great ball striker, that's always going to be good. And if, he, if his putting gets good, then this guy is going to be a force to be reckoned with for a very long time on the PGA Tour. And how, how sick to his stomach must Jordan Spieth be? Saturday has a decent round, bogey, bogey to finish on makeable putts. Yeah. Uh, what you would expect a, a professional golfer to make, misses two of them at the end and loses by two strokes on the final day. Those yeah. two were costly. Tough. Tough to watch. Um, he's playing very well, though. He's he's not far off from winning another major right now. And John Rahm played very well uh, later on in the event. He, he struggled a little bit on Thursday, um, kind of turned it on. It, he looked like... If he could get putts to drop on Sunday, it looked like he might be the guy um, with the big rally. Yeah. But um, fell a little short. Very impressive performance. Um, overall, I'm happy with, with my selection of Oosthuizen for the event. Um, anytime you can get a guy that finishes top five like that, you know, you got to be happy. And, um, you know, felt like I was in a good spot going into Sunday for sure. Absolutely. It was a well-played tournament. I mean, the course was tough, but the... The guys at the top really did very well. Yeah, and, you know, there were guys who, who struggled on that court venue, even with uh, the course conditions being very benign. So, you know, yeah. historically the, the British Open is not an event that is, is won with, you know, a score as low as Morikawa shot. But, uh, you know, those conditions, the defense is the wind, and there was no wind there to defend that course. Right. And gave guys an opportunity to score each day. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, as it, as we go back to, um, you know, some of the other traditional venues of uh, the, the Open Championship to see, uh, I think, is, is it back at St. Andrews next year? I thought it, I thought it might have been back at the old course, but, um, you know, I, I enjoy the Open Championship when guys are struggling to break par. I think it's just such an enjoyable, uh, fun 
experience to see the different types of shots that guys play. This event, you know, with without a lot of wind, guys were able to throw the ball up in the air without uh, without too much trouble. So, um, it is it is back at St. Andrews, the hundred and fiftieth yeah. edition as well. So, yeah, and you know, St. Andrews can be a bear when uh, yeah. when the conditions are difficult. So, excited to see that next year. Uh, always one of my favorite events. I, I got up early each day to watch some of the some of the early round golf, and it was very enjoyable. So. Let's move on. What else do we have tonight, Tom? Yeah. Oh, we, we want to recap a little of the UFC. Um, no, nah, I guess it was a smaller card this yeah. week. Anything that you saw that was worth throwing out? I mean, I was excited. Misha Tate came back, looked yeah. very good. Yeah, that dominant. was fun to watch. It was nice to see her come back. And, and then Makachev with a, a dominant performance in yeah. the main event. Um, they've boosted him all the way up to number four in the lightweight rankings right now. Yowzer. Yeah, that's a big jump from where he was at number nine. So he uh, he jumped over a lot of guys. His next fight, you know, maybe Benil Dariush. That would be a great fight, you know, for an opportunity maybe to, to fight Oliveira or whoever's champ. I mean, there's Chandler still in that division at the top. Uh, Gaethje's still up there in that division. So they're, uh, that, that is a loaded division. And our boy Gregor Gillespie in that division as well. Yeah, uh, He's at number 10 right now in the rankings. So I'm excited to see what he gets next. Um, we've got an event this weekend, right? Sandhagen Dillashaw, is that this weekend? Yep. Uh, Dillashaw making his return from his banishment. Yeah. Uh, tested a long PED suspension yeah. that, he, that he was uh, dealing with. A couple of good fights on the card. Darren Elkins is always fun to watch against Derek Minner. Um, Mickey Gall is fighting against Jordan Williams. A um, couple of ladies. Uh, Miranda Maverick is going at it with Macy Barber. Uh, and then Aspen Ladd and Macy Chason. Aspen Ladd with all the buzz. Yeah. So, you know, another free event this weekend. And uh, always fun to watch. Is there anything on the prelims that we should be really excited about? Ian Heinish puts on good fights usually. Yeah. Um, he's fighting uh, Nasruddin Imovov. Um, Brendan Allen's fighting uh, Punhali Sor Soriano. Yeah. I'm not really familiar with him, but Brendan Allen's been pretty good. Yeah. And, yeah, that's that's about the uh, extent of the names that you'll really know on the card. And then uh, is it the week after that is a big card, the 31st? Is that 265? I think it's the 6th is the big the big one. The 7th. Oh, yeah, July so 31st is uh, Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland. On the, yeah, then there's the big pay-per-view. Um, after that, on August 7th, you have the interim heavyweight championship coming up. I can't wait to see that. Derek Lewis and Cyril Gahn. Uh, then you've got Nunez fighting against Juliana Pena. Uh, Jose Aldo against Pedro Munoz. This is, I think, this is a make or break for Aldo here, right? He's yeah. got, he needs to get a win, um, or he might be banished to Bellator, which isn't a bad thing, really. Some guys really like fighting over there. All right, um, let's move forward, Tom. Did you want to do NFL or college football first, or do you want to talk about the 3M championship? Yeah, we can talk about the 3M a little bit. Um, you know, the 3M after the Open, uh, not the best roster of golfers you'll see, but, there, you know, there's some good ones. I think Dustin Johnson I saw is the favorite. Uh, let me take a look here. Yeah, Dustin Johnson is the favorite right now at plus 700. Um not a lot of big names being there, so this may give him a little bit of an edge. Um, also, a point of emphasis on this is this course 
is great for long hitters. Yeah. So, um, Tony Finau, you can see his uh, 1,400, even though he hasn't played that well. Oost Hazen's coming right back and playing. Patrick Reed. Uh, Bubba Watson will be there um, after having to miss the Open because of COVID protocols. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Wolf. Um, yeah, so there are Ricky Fowler's playing. So there are plenty of names on here that'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch. Always always enjoyable. I'd like to see Matthew Wolf, you know, have a, have a good performance. Yeah, it's fun after our, the last few courses of watching guys who are good ball strikers to really have a course where these guys can open it up and yeah. let it rip a little Bombs bit. Away. Where where is the event being held? Twin Cities. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, TPC Twin Cities. All right. So. Um, I don't really have any plays that I feel strong about making for the 3M championship. Just not an event that I, you know, would, would put my focus into. Um, as we get closer uh, towards the FedEx Cup events, and, uh, of course, we've got the, the Ryder Cup coming up, uh, the Olympics coming up. So plenty of good golf action still to happen this year, even though we are uh, several months away from our next major championship. Yes, yeah, uh, so they've, they've got a lot in between. I mean, the 3M this week and then the Olympics – um, so it should be a lot of fun. All right. Now let's talk about college football, Tom. Let's do that. The Pac-12 last year, Oregon kind of backdoors their way into a uh, Pac-12 championship. Severely with, backdoors. Yeah, with what happened there. Uh, you know, the kind of a shame the, the way that it all worked out, you know, with the uh, COVID issues. Um, and then, you know, Oregon, they played well, so you can't really – you can't really blame them for what happened, but yeah. uh, there are some some changes throughout the course of uh, the coaching staffs here. You've got some uh, defensive coordinator changes. Um, any big head coach changes here? Well, we'll go through it team by team here, and we'll talk about it. Um, where do you want to start? Let's go. How about Oregon State? Okay. Let's start with the Oregon State Beavers. You know, head coach, it's uh, Jonathan Smith. This is going to be his, I think, his third season at leading the team. And the thing is, with uh, this group, it looked like they showed some promise at times. Um, last year, they, they won a couple of games. They beat Cal. They beat Oregon yeah. uh, in the Civil War. Uh, they played Utah tough. They played Stanford tough. So this is a team that their biggest loss last year was Arizona State by 13 everything else was within 10 so yeah a two and five record but again a lot of really close games a lot of uh, games that they could have won and they're returning a lot of people back this season um, as, as seems to be the case with most teams um, you yeah, know a lot of returning life. starters here you know and um, Tristan Gebbia uh, was the quarterback last year um, and he should get the starting nod again this year right Tom yeah that's uh it's what it's, it's looking like he'll be the starting quarterback to start the season. It's one of those things where he was he was okay. He was not very good. He didn't look overmatched though either. So right. um, I think they're just trying to build on his performance as a sophomore as he comes into his junior season with everything a full go. And they return their entire offensive line up front, uh, which is always good. A couple of receivers in uh, Trevon Bradford and uh, Zariah Beeson. Um, so you know I think there's there's plenty there. And I would expect that, uh, you know, this group takes another step forward. I mean, they lose Jamar Jefferson, which hurts. Um, 
you know, he he averaged six point five yards per carry. He was a he was a stud at times. There were some really exciting runs by Jamar Jefferson. If you go back and watch his highlight reel from last year, uh, there are some really exciting plays and some big games that he had. So you know, we'll see if uh, if they have anybody that can really step in and uh, and take the lead as the the lead back there. Right now, I see B.J. Baylor listed as the number one, and uh, Deshaun Fenwick also in the uh, in the mix. So, yeah, I, this is a team that struggled on defense last season. They allowed a lot of points. They allowed a lot of yards per game. Um, so they they definitely need to get it short up there because their offense was you know uh, upper half of the conference really just run the ball had really good balance running the ball well. Uh, passing it efficiently, not not really right. great, but efficient pass game. So, um, first game of the season at Purdue, so you can get a feel for kind of uh, watching those two teams, seeing if either of them are going to take a big step forward here. Um, two teams that I think are both kind of like in that middling uh, yeah. group, and I, I expect Oregon State. I don't think they're going to finish last in the in the division this year, um, but I think you know. I really like their coach. I think Jonathan Smith has done a great job there. They were really in the dumps when he took over. Yeah. And I mean, they have a, a pretty manageable schedule. Some tough road games at USC, at Oregon, but all their other really tough games they get at home. They get yeah. Washington at home. They yeah. play Utah again at home. Yeah, they play yeah, they play Arizona State at home, Stanford at home. Their out of conference schedule is easy. Yeah, Hawaii and Idaho. And then at Purdue to start the year will, will be one the tougher of the, the three. All right. Let's go to Washington State. And uh, Coach Nick Rolovich uh, putting in his run-and-shoot offense with a full season um, to get that together. I mean, he, was, he comes from Hawaii, uh, did a great job there uh, with the uh, Rainbow Warriors. And now uh, taking over here, he went one and three in his first season. But, again, did not get a lot of time to install what he wanted to install. Um, you know, they, they struggled a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, giving up 43, 38, and 45 their last three games. So hopefully they can make some improvement there, some growth. Um, expect this to be a, a big-time passing team like you've seen out of all of the, the Hawaii yeah. squads over the years. Um, and uh, at quarterback for them this year, uh, do we know, have they made the determination, is it going to be this Jaden Delora? Is he going to continue? I think they had Jarrett Guarantano yes. uh, transfer in from Tennessee as well. That's kind of, uh, Phil Steele has it listed as uh, Guarantano. Um, he thinks that they brought him in as the senior starter. Yeah. Um, you know, fit the system a little bit better. Yeah. Um, something they're looking to, you know, those short, quick passes. Right. Get the, get the ball out, let him make plays in space. Yeah. Max Borgie had some nice runs last year. Um, and, uh, you know, 10, car 10 carries for 95 yards. Uh, but a couple of years ago, um, he was doing a nice job in the backfield as well. So I expect him to, to get the lion's share of the carries uh, this season should he be healthy. And, um, you know, averaging 9.5 yards per carry is pretty good um, in those spread run-and-shoot style offenses. That, uh, that back being strong and being yeah. able to, to run inside the tackles out of that gun formation, it creates some uh, creates some problems for defenses because they're worried about the four wideouts that are spread yeah, out over the field. Know, it's like the Oregon teams of old where yeah. they would rip off these run after run, and you, you're worried about the pass, and they're just pounding the run at you. Right. You don't really realize that it's the run game that's doing the, the major damage yeah. to you. So uh, returning several starters, you know, uh, including four of their starters up front, 
Should be a team that, you know, I, I expect a step forward. I think Nick Rolovich is a really good quality head coach, and I think that uh, he's a good fit here at Wazoo. They, you know, they go from Mike Mike Leach's air raid style right into Nick Rolovich's run and shoot, which, you know, have their certain comparisons, the short yes. passing game and, and uh, tempo. The, right. So, yeah, they're a team that will be interesting to watch. Um, I don't expect a ton out of them. But they're a team that if the offense is, is humming, they can really beat anyone. So yeah, get a couple stops on defense. Right. Uh, C.J. Moore is a receiver here that they say to keep an eye on, a uh, freshman kid out of Oklahoma. And uh, there's some talk that he was he was a really good recruit for them uh, to land. So he could be a guy that's making big plays and, uh, and involved heavily in that, uh, in that passing attack in Pullman. Next... Where do we want to go? Let's let's go to Stanford. All right, David Shaw, still there. Been there for an eternity. <laughs> Seems like it. 11th year. Yeah. They lose Davis Mills, who played quarterback for them uh, for a couple of years. Um, you know, and uh, Simi Fajoko is gone now, too. He, uh, he led the Pac-12 in receiving yards per game last year and um, had three touchdowns in his last game against UCLA. So that's certainly a guy that – is going to be missed. The question is, are they going to get back to the identity that David Shaw brought to this program historically? And that was good defense and a good running game. Yep. And we haven't seen that in the last couple of years. So last year they, uh, they were 11th in the conference, uh, number one, 12 in the nation against the run. They gave up 222 yards per game rushing. You can't survive like that. Not, not in the pac 12 where teams can score in bunches anyway. They passed the ball well with Davis Mills, so the question is, who's going to step in and, and, and take over that job? And it's not really clear. They have uh, two true freshmen coming in and then one redshirt freshman who has uh, two career starts. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to be dicey. I, I really believe it's going to be a little sketchy there and uh, at Stanford as far as the quarterback situation goes. Um, defensively, they are going to return, you know, a, a fair number of starters, especially in the secondary. Yeah. Um, all four starters, um, the two corners and the, the two safeties are back. Uh, so an experienced secondary. I think that that bodes well for you because I expect that they have a bunch of seniors that are going to plug in up front. I, I would think that, uh, you know, hopefully they can get some production up there, but they, they definitely need some help up in the front seven yeah their schedule's brutal um a lot of uh, big games on the road at usc even at oregon state we just talked about and then some of their home games are very tough um yeah their first state first game of the year at kansas state at home you have to you have oregon at home washington that that kansas state games at a neutral site neutral actually, site in arlington, arlington. yeah then they have, they have Notre Dame at home to end the season. Um, should be a, a bit of a learning experience here for these guys at, at the quarterback position. And interesting fact about them, they're the only team in the country this year that will play a schedule completely full of Power 5 teams. Wow, yeah. Nuts. That is, uh, it, I mean. No it, breathers. <laughs> is Vanderbilt really a Power 5 team right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're playing at Vanderbilt in uh, week three, so. Um, I expect that they'll be able to get a win there. I don't think that Vanderbilt's got a whole lot going on for them. So. Uh, next up, how about the Cal Golden Bears? 
And, uh, you know, this is a group that y you really have to believe there. If Chase Garbers comes back um, and plays like he can play, I, I think that this is a team that's, that's poised to step forward. They are kind of making their bones on the defensive side of the ball now. Yeah. And uh, offensively, they've been really, really they – were, they were bad last year offensively. They were, they were flat out – they were 12th in passing, 12th in total offense, 11th in rushing, 11th in scoring. Um, not going to get it done. So let's see what they can do on the offensive side this year. They get off to a, a start um, early on with uh, Nevada, who is not going to be any, any kind of joke this year. That is a good football team. Right. And uh, at TCU – that's never a joke either to go play Gary Patterson's group. No. Uh, then they get a reprieve with Sacramento State. Then they go to Washington in week three. So, you know, you could be off to a really rough start for this Cal team if they don't get something going on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's one of those things. Their, their secondary is great. They actually allowed, um, on average last year, less than 200 yards passing, which is yeah. just unheard of in, in college football now. So um, it should be interesting to see. If that can keep them in enough games and they can get some wins, uh, another team that has, you know, we just went over it. Their they're out-of-conference schedule is tough. It's, it's not easy. And in conference, they've struggled in conference recently. Last year, one in three. They beat Oregon. The upset of Oregon was, came out of seemingly nowhere because um, their other right. games they did not fare very well in. Um, right. Well, now we've got uh, the Washington Huskies. And uh, so a Washington team that uh, last year went three and one, didn't get their opportunity to play in the uh, Pac-12 championship. Um, quarterback should be Dylan Morris this year, right, Tom? That, yes. Is that what you're seeing? Yep. Yeah. Uh, they do have freshman Sam Heward there uh, who will be backing him up. So that'll be fun to see in a few years. i got to believe that's of the Brock Heward lineage. I believe so. And, um, you know, they, they – they lost production at the receiver positions. They don't have any returning starters at, at receiver. And um, at running back, it's going to be Sean McGrew, it looks like. Um, Richard Newton, did they pick up anybody in the transfer portal to fill any of these roles? I haven't seen anything that stood out to there, me. Yeah, there's there's no one I've, I've seen that they've made mention of uh, specifically. They do return all five starters up front, which is big. Um, yes. Always, always important. This is a team that uh, in their four games last year, uh, they went three and one, and they had the number one passing defense in the conference, uh, number two scoring defense in the conference. Um, so it, defensively, they they played very well. Let's it's see. A, it's an interesting thing because they went three and one, but wh wh what are these games? Um, Oregon State. Yeah. They win by six. They blow out Arizona. Who they should blow out. And then they squeak by Utah by three. And then uh, they lose to Stanford. Then they lose Stanford. All four were home games for them. Yeah. Which is an uh, interesting thing as their schedule got whittled down to that. Um, so, you know, is it a is it a fake three and one? No, obviously you got to win the games. But is it if you just see that record, it's a little right. misleading for how good they are. Good early or season test at Michigan. Yeah, um, they have a couple easier games out of conference, Montana and Arkansas State, but sandwiched in between a trip to Michigan. Yeah, and then they get Cal at home. Um, you know, that's you'll get an idea to, to start the season where those two teams stand by facing each other yeah. right there in the first conference game between the two. Um, then they play at Oregon State, UCLA at home, at Arizona, at Stanford. So the early part of their schedule is where they can make their bones and maybe develop some of their uh, their talent on the team now 
um, kind of see where they're at and come together before they have to play home, Oregon at home, Arizona State at home, um, and then at Colorado and home for Washington State. So, um, you know, the schedule is not bad. The, the two toughest games are right back-to-back, -back really, um, when you see Oregon, and they're both at home, Oregon and Arizona State, they both get at home. Yeah. So They, they miss out. Um, yeah. And UCLA, they get at home. So any of the teams that you, you feel like are their tougher opponents uh, in conference are going to be home games this year. And uh, finally, uh, let's go to uh, the Oregon Ducks. Let's go to Eugene. Um, a lot of people, Kayvon Thibodeau is the talk of, of the town there. Um, this is a guy that uh, I, I think he's going to be just absolutely filthy as a pass rusher. I, I expect so much out of him. I think he's going to be a top five pick next year. And uh, I'm pretty excited to watch him. Mario Cristobal in his uh, fourth season. And uh, he's 25-10 and 10 in his time as the head coach there. Uh, Joe Moorhead running the offense there now. Uh, I think this is a group that, that could be exciting. Um, C.J. Verdell uh, returns. That's, uh, you know, the guy is so explosive when he's healthy. And uh, if he can if he can stay healthy, I think this will be a very exciting group to watch again on the offensive side. Yeah, they're getting Verdell and Travis Dye, their leading rusher from last year back. So uh, they're really a good one-two punch. Uh, Dye averaged six point nine carry or yards per carry last season. Yeah. So the, between the two of them, you have a lot of explosive plays. You know, like we talked about, everyone wants to talk about their passing game. It always seems to be the running game that that really puts you in trouble or definitely puts games away. Um, an up and down season last year, four and three. Uh, the fourth win was a big one, um, yeah. beating USC for the Pac-12 title. Uh, should be another season of, you know, they they should be good. Uh, Tyler Shuck transferred, um, so Anthony Brown is going to take over as the quarterback, and he had a little bit of time last year, 15 of 23 for 164 and two touchdowns. Uh, this is a guy that was a transfer in from uh, BC, I think, and uh, he's a really good quarterback, good solid quarterback. If he can perform at the kind of level or a little above what Shuck was performing at last year. I'd uh, be very excited to see, you know, kind of what this offense can be. Yeah. Um, so it's it's fun because you get to watch the explosive stuff happening on the offensive side of the ball with Johnny Johnson III, uh, Jalen Red, Micah Pittman. Yeah, I was the, just going to say they're bringing back their top three wide receivers. So And those guys are they're, – they're really good. So you've got uh, – I think it's going to be a super exciting group. It's going to be really fun on the offensive side of the ball. Anthony Brown's landed in a great spot here to, to be the quarterback. And when you watch them on defense, you get to watch Thibodeau. And just it, seriously, just focus your eyes when you're watching the game on number <laughs> five. Um, you know, watch number five go to work when they're on defense. And it's a, it's going to be something to really behold this year. I'm, I'm excited to watch him a lot. Let's go to the south. Let's go to the south. And... Uh, what do you say we go to Arizona where Arizona things have been uh, not good last year, not good, not good in general. I mean, this is uh, Jed Fish um, is going to be the head coach. Um, Brennan Carroll at offensive coordinator, Don Brown, the de defensive coordinator. Um, so last year, winless. And they only played one close game, and that was against USC week one. Yeah. Other than that, they lost by 17, 17, 11, and 63 to Arizona State, Whoa. which is embarrassing. Defensively, they were awful against the run. They gave up 270 yards per game on the ground. 
It's tough to do, really. How? How can you be that bad on the defensive side of the ball at tackling? <laughs> so, you know, can they fix some of those issues? You know, Don Brown comes in as the defensive coordinator. You know, maybe maybe he can make an impact here, right? Um, but they have, uh, you know, three guys returning up front, uh, a couple guys returning in the secondary. So, you know, seven returning starters, it looks like, on the defensive side of the ball. I just don't have a good outlook for this group. Um, they have a couple of freshmen uh, looking to play quarterback, right, Tom? I, did they get anybody else to transfer in here? I don't. I have Gunner Cruz and Will Plummer competing for the QB job. Um, Jordan McLeod transferred in from South Florida. So yeah. he's in the mix, but it doesn't seem to be clear who's going to win this job. Um, they're kind of keeping it close to the vest as of now. I'm just looking at it. Uh, I don't see anything official. Yeah, and, um, you know, th this is going to be a bad team, guys. Let's let's not make any bones about it. I think it's a bad team. Yeah. And uh, I see Northern Arizona as a win on their schedule, and then maybe they squeak one out in conference. Um, they play BYU, who lost a ton. Um yeah, getting you know, them the first week might be all right. Right, and San Diego State, I think they're going to be all right. So that'll be, you know, their non-conference is not strong. Um, so maybe they, they get a couple wins there in non-conference and, and one in the regular season. Um, I'd kind of like to take a look at the season win total totals. I don't know if, the, if I have them available here or not. But I think that's a nice little addition to, uh, to what we've been looking at. So let's see. Oh, yeah, I've got it available here. Did you see anything else that stood out to you? No, uh, I mean, the, the thing about this is this this team lacks a little bit of identity, too, on offense. Um, they're shuffling in quarterbacks here. I, this is a team that just screams to you that they're going to be shuffling them in and out, trying to find the right one. They're going to struggle. Their defense was not good last year. Uh, it's it's going to be something that they – yeah, yeah, that's really bad. Arizona doesn't have a number up yet. The problem right now with the betting season win totals is there's so much uncertainty at quarterback positions with some of these teams, and yeah. uh, they won't really put up numbers until they get a little closer to camp. Um, but, like, Arizona State has a win total up. Um, Stanford had a win total up. Oregon State has a win total up. Oregon has a win total up. So some of these Pac-12 teams do have win totals up, but and we will, um, you know, a little segue here since we're talking about win totals. But right before the season starts, we will each give. I think we decided five. Yeah, five of our our favorite five season over unders uh, for win totals here. So that'll be a fun show here right before the college football kicks off. No doubt. All right, from Arizona we go Boulder. To, yeah, let's go to Boulder. I'm down. Nice hippie town, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you've got a, uh, a interesting situation here um, in Boulder with Carl Durrell getting that head coaching job and having a really good season, right? Um, Durrell landed that job late uh, after the exodus to uh, Michigan State uh, from the previous head coach. And uh, Durrell, you know, th they win four games, right? Right out of the gate, 4-0. Yeah, um, they were the Cinderella story of the season, really. Like, yeah. unexpectedly four and zero. Yeah, um, then they, you know, took their lumps a little bit. Utah beats them by seventeen, and then they get beat by thirty in the bowl game by Texas. Um, just, 
you know, kind kind of what you probably expected that they they came back to earth a little bit, and they just don't have the kind of talent that Texas does right now, or did last year in particular. Um, returning this year, um, we've we've got looks like Brendan Lewis and Sam no Sam Neuer got some snaps. Uh, Brendan Lewis is a freshman that. Uh, some people are projecting could win that job. Did you see anything uh, anything else that stood out at the quarterback position, Tom? No, it's another one of these teams where they have a, a transfer from Tennessee, J.T. Shrout, um, but they brought him in to compete. It's it's not one of the ones where, hey, we pegged this guy. He's going to be our starter. It, it right. seems like they're having an open competition for there, and they should. Um, none of these um, options are really get you excited about it. It's It's all question marks, so. Yeah, last year's performance, uh, they ran the ball well. They were uh, third in the conference, averaging over 212 yards rushing per game. Um, they did not pass the ball well. They didn't score a ton of points. Uh, defensively, they were kind of middle of the pack, and it's kind of weird that their statistics just don't show the, the record that they had ha they had yeah. at 4-0. and um, Of course, it's a smaller sample size last season. Um, they get a really tough test in Week 2 playing against Texas A&M in Denver. Um Man, I, that could be ugly. Uh, a and expected to have a really good season, and um, I'm not sure Colorado is really ready to compete there. Um, and they play Minnesota in non-conference as well. Um, should be, you know, a, that'll be an interesting matchup. I think those teams are, are similar. Maybe a slow football game. Yeah. Well, actually, they'll be fast. The, the clock will always be running. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they are bringing back their leading rusher, Jarek Broussard. Um, almost 900 yards, 895 yards in the six games, uh, five five yards over five yards of carry. So uh, running the ball is key to them. Uh, they have a, a solid tight end coming back in Brady Russell. Uh, it's an interesting team. They're built more like Stanford than Stanford. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the most interesting thing about this team, Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice. Yes. Six foot three, two oh five. Um, he scored three touchdowns and only had nine touches in 2020. Um, yep. You know, a couple of receptions and a punt return touchdown. So let's see, uh, let's see what pops if the genetics have uh, carried on here. Um, and you know, uh, also you know, Nate Landman's a, a all-time uh, All-Pac-12 performer uh, two times. So you know, this is a guy that uh, he tore his Achilles last year, and um, he's a big piece to what they do. So if he comes back healthy, he'll be a major contributor on the defensive side of the ball there in Boulder. Yeah, four sacks last year, and he only played in three games. Yeah. They'll, they'll do. Absolutely. Uh, how about UCLA? Let's Chip Kelly's UCLA. Yeah, always fun to watch Chip Kelly teams play football. Um, unfortunately, they've been 10 and 21 in his three years so far. Um, obviously returning uh, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback. Um, very, very talented kid. Yeah. He was a huge high recruit coming out of Las Vegas um, a few years back. And offensively, you can see some of the Chip Kelly stuff happening now, right? They uh, they finished second in the conference in scoring average at 35.4 points per game, um, second in total uh, yardage, uh, 455 yards a game. It was a balanced attack. Uh, all those are, are really good, positive things, and they return a ton. Um, I see uh, nine starters on offense and uh, ten starters on defense. Yeah, and this is a team that uh, um, Thompson Robinson has a big chance this year. He's a junior. Uh, he's 
well acclimated to the offense now. They've got pieces in place. They've had this system in place for a few years. It should be something where uh, we should see him climb to the top of this quarterback heap in college football if he's going to. It'll be this year yeah. and then you know maybe a, a sunset ride into his senior year. Um, but it has to start this year, and it, everything's lined up for them to be able to do that. Um, a lot, four of their top five receivers are back. Um, they did lose Demetric Felton, uh, but they do have a couple of running backs who, you know, six yards a carry, four point nine yards a carry that are coming back as well. Uh, they should be a good football team, especially on the offensive side. They have some fun games. I think their first two, Hawaii at home, and then LSU coming to UCLA. Yeah. That should yeah. be a blast. Absolutely. Um, they lost four games last year. Um, by a combined 15 points. Yep. Um, so their losses were all close losses, all one-possession losses. And a lot of um, points. You know, and coming to USC, Oregon, um, at Colorado week one was probably kind of kind of strange. And then the loss to Stanford the last game of the season. And in that and game, overtime. we were just talking about Colorado and how some of their stats would line up. UCLA was minus four in the turnover margin against yeah. Colorado week one. So. When, when you lose by six, <laughs> right. when you turn the ball over four more times than your opponent. I'm excited to watch this group this year. I think this is a team that could definitely compete in the conference, could definitely compete for their, their half of the conference. Yes. Um, you know, so it, with the stuff going on at Arizona State, who I think, you know, a lot of people saw as the, the early favorite in uh, that side, uh, I think things are uh, things are – open i mean usc is going to be good too yeah. big thing to, so. to know is that they have to go to usc this year that game on november 20th is their second to last game could be uh huge to decide who who represents the south absolutely um how about we head to utah uh, the utes well, yeah the utes always a uh a team that plays very tough kyle whittingham is a great coach See, over 16 years as the head coach there. I think this will be his 17th season. Yeah. 134-66 um, and 66 record. Uh, just a, a guy that always finds a way to make his teams competitive, regardless of the losses that you've seen from the program. Uh, you know, they, they lose a big name, and they, they plug that hole and find a way to compete. Um, they got off to a slow start last year with losses to USC and Washington, and then they handled their business against the teams that they should beat. Um, and that's what you'd expect out of Utah. Um, defensively, um, tremendous against the run. They were number 11 in the nation, giving up only 107 a game. Um, struggled a little bit against the pass. Uh, gave up 257 yards a game. Number two in the conference in total defense. Uh, offensively, you know, they were, they were middle of the pack last year. And the question is, can they take a step forward with, with what's returning? Um, and... The big, the big change is the transfer of Charlie Brewer yeah. in, uh, to take over at quarterback there. So um, Charlie Brewer did a nice job at Baylor, and he's got a lot returning around him in Utah. Um, the, the rest of the starters basically are back, and uh, that's a big deal. So yeah, Brewer, 9,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in his career at Baylor, coming to, to kind of take over this offense. It seems like everybody on the offensive side – unless I'm missing somebody, is back except for the quarterback, which may be an upgrade this year. So Yeah, I don't think Jake Bentley was, was the answer last year. And then uh, Drew Lisk and uh, Cameron Rising got a little time, but this is uh, Charlie Brewer's squad this year. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be really tough. 
I think defensively they, they are always tough. They return quite a lot on the defensive side of the ball too. It looks like eight starters on the defensive side. A team that stoned the running game last year returns all these starters. I think they're going to continue to be brutal to try to run the ball against, and that always puts teams in a quandary. And they have a they have a favorable um, out of conference schedule, Weber State, and then they have you know the Holy War on the road, but then at San Diego State before they get into conference play. So a couple games that you would think they're win, and then obviously the the toss up of the Holy War. You know, yeah, you never all bets are off on those kind of games. Absolutely. Um, so Washington State week one of conference play, um, then at USC October 9th, but they get a bye week in between. They get an extra week to prepare for yes. USC, which is a big deal. Uh, Whittingham is really good, and he'll have his team ready to go. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for that section of their schedule because they go at USC and then home for Arizona State the next week. That October 9th and 16th will make or break what this Utah team is this year. Yeah, they got a really big October after those two. They go on the road to Oregon State, and then they play UCLA at home. So you get a couple of the big boys in the south yeah. right, right in a row. Uh, kind of sort yourselves out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, by the way, I might be looking to play the Oregon State game, play Oregon State in that spot after back-to-back -back huge games. Yeah. If Utah wins them both they'll be favored considerably going to Oregon State. And, uh, you know, Corvallis is no joke to go play at. For sure. And uh, that circle that game right now. If Utah gets off to a good start, circle October 23rd is a great betting opportunity with Oregon State, if you ask me. Situational. Fighting Herm Edwards's? Arizona State. Things are a little, little questionable down there right now because of some recruiting uh misgivings <laughs> but uh i mean the the team in and of itself looks like they're going to be pretty good right you return Jaden daniels um you've got a team that averaged 40 points per game last year well some of that's a little misleading because they hung 70 on arizona true on a, a quarter of their games they scored 70 points true yeah <laughs> they did score 46 at, or at oregon state too yeah so they, they, they took advantage. Uh, they lost to USC by one, and they lost That to, game was nuts, too. Yeah. Yeah, and then they lost to UCLA by a touchdown. So, um, you know, defensively, they weren't great. Um, they somehow, you know, that one game where they only allowed seven points made their scoring defense look better than it was. One of, one of the fun things about that, we're talking about turnover margin, plus seven yeah. uh, in that game against Arizona. Yeah. And plus eight on the season. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I expect a good team here, a really good offensive team in particular. I, I think that they have the the ability to be explosive at any moment in time. Um, Rashad White, last year, sorry to cut you off here, no, 10 yards a carry on 42 attempts. It's pretty good. That is pretty good. And, you know, they're returning a ton. They don't – they're not returning – wide receiver is the position that it looks like uh, they needed to plug some guys in here. But – uh, I expect that they've got plenty of athletes here that they've recruited. A couple of freshmen, um, Andre Johnson, L.B. Bunkley-Shelton, uh, Brian Thompson, a junior, um, Elijah Badger, another freshman. So a lot of it, their wide receiver group is young. That, yeah. that could be uh, kind of the, the difference uh, 
how quickly those guys step up. But Jaden Daniels is very good. So yeah, they get they get uh, USC and Arizona at home, a couple of the bigger games for them. Uh, they do have to go to Washington, uh, but having both USC and Arizona at home should be a, a help to them down the stretch. Yeah, uh, no question. Uh, we're gonna talk USC. Yeah. Let's talk about USC. Tom loves long. USC. I hate USC. You knew this. <laughs> Tom is a Irish fan, so you know it's, it's a, you natural. You can't even hate these guys. It's that they haven't even been a, a concern lately. Yeah, it's been, been a bit. Been down a bit. Clay Helton's still hanging on out there somehow. Yeah, forty-five and twenty-three. Really good season last year for these guys. Five and zero oh, heading into the Pac-12 game. Yeah, um, losing to Oregon. Uh, and a game really, uh, it was it was tough to see them. You know, they, they lose the turnover battle. They lose a bunch of big plays. All the big plays seem to go Oregon's way in that game. And yeah, it was just one of those one of those things. Uh, returning, obviously, Keaton Slovis. A um, lot of people think there's getting some buzz. Yeah, some possibilities there for uh, Heisman talk. Um, I don't know if he's got the weapons there for sure. Drake London is really good. Um, but then you've got Katie Nixon and Brew McCoy, um, Gary Bryant, John Jackson the third, Kyle Ford. Um, so kind of a mishmash of receivers there uh, behind Drake London, who is who's clearly their number one receiver. Um, Vavai Malapaye uh, is the uh, returning running back, senior running back, and then Keontae Ingram also will be in the backfield. Uh, they return most of their offensive line, um, that that's a big deal. Jalen McKenzie, Liam Jimmins, uh, Brett Nealon, and Andrew Voorhees all come back up front. So uh, offensively, I expect they'll be good. A lot. They, this team got after the quarterback in the six games. They had 15 sacks. Yeah. Really getting after the quarterback last season. Um, they have eight starters back on defense, and a lot of them are deep the front seven. Um, they're going to be really tough up front. They're going to get after the quarterback again, causing problems. Um, so they should be a solid all-around team. You have a couple question marks um, in the secondary. You have a couple question marks um, with the running game. It wasn't very consistent. Uh, they actually only averaged 97 yards in conference rushing the ball. Yeah. Uh, they averaged 31 attempts for 97 yards with a f- for 3.2 yards a carry. Uh, so that's that's a problem. Uh, so yeah, those aren't those are rookie numbers. Yeah. So and they added the number one recruit um, in Corey Foreman. Uh, he's a defensive end that they think is going to be a stud pass rusher. I don't know how good he'll be as a freshman, but uh, they think that he'll make some contributions right away. So that's uh, you know it should be should be a really good uh, really good way to. Uh, you know, keep the program rolling in the pass rushes to get the number one player in the, yeah, <laughs> in the recruiting it, that's in that role. So, so it, a lot of it's going to come down to Keaton Slovis. I mean, a lot of people are very high on him. He had a very good season last year, 1,900 yards in the six games, 17 touchdowns, seven picks. If he can cut some of the turnovers down and, you know, just be consistent for this team, that they, they have a chance to win the Pac-12 South again, um, which is a very – the Pac-12 South is, has a couple of teams like that where – you know, if things go their way, you could see them winning this that their division of the conference. Yeah, um, I think Utah's going to win the South. That's my bold prediction for the Pac-12. The Utes, huh? Yeah, liking the Utes. I'm all about the Utes. I, I love a team that returns a great, a great rush defense. 
and uh, adding Charlie Brewer, I think he's the perfect fit um, for a Kyle Whittingham team. And I, I love everything that they bring to the table this year. They play so tough and so physical. Um, I, I love the Utes. I can't wait to see that UCLA-USC game at the end of the year. You have two very, um, you know, two sophomore quarterbacks. Well, I guess, well, Thompson's a, a junior. You have two quarterbacks who are young, who are getting a lot of buzz uh, for teams that should be good this year. Um, at the, be at the end of the season, could be an elimination game. Uh, could be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, we That'll wrap up our Pac-12 Pac section here. Um, we're going to talk about the NFC South. Uh, we'll take just a quick step away here, and then we'll be right back with you. And we're back to preview the NFC South. Let's start with the Carolina Panthers, Tom, and Matt Rule's second season. Should be, uh, you know, Joe Brady at offensive coordinator. I think that... Uh, you know, they have some nice promise on this organization. When you look at the roster, the only question mark is, can Sam Darnold become the Sam Darnold that they hoped the Jets had drafted a few years back? Uh, the quarterback position is, is absolutely the question mark, and this is, you know, kind of a an opportunity for Darnold to prove that he is a, a better player than what he saw, what we saw in, in New York. Man, that would make me happy. <laughs> yeah. Someone who's, you know anti-jets it would be a lot of Absolutely. fun to see him go and, and be a good quarterback there and yeah so um offensively uh i like kind of some of the stuff they got going on man um christian mccaffrey obviously Chris, christian mccaffrey probably the number one running back in fantasy football he's he's an all-around do it all run the ball catch the ball uh can be involved at any time very similar yes. to alvin kamara uh, yes who we'll also talk about tonight um you know, up front, Cameron Irving, Pat Elfline, uh, Matt Paradis, John Miller, and Taylor Moton. That's a, that's a really nice. Uh, Some big boys on yeah. that old line too. Yep, Dan Arnold and uh, Ian Thomas at tight ends with the draft, and they also drafted Tommy Tremble this year, who I love. Um, added Terrace Marshall to that uh, wide receiver group that includes DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, who had a very good first season with them last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuba um, Hubbard also added, by the way. Right. Um, you know, so lots of uh, lots of good stuff on the offensive side of the ball. I love the draft pick at Deontay Brown. Um, he, he's kind of a mauler uh, coming out of college, and I think he, he has an opportunity to uh, be a nice, you know, plug-and-play option at the guard positions whenever they, you know, you know how the NFL is with injuries. It's going to happen, and happen, yeah. having that depth there is, is very important. So um, you have to like seeing that. On the defensive side of the ball, man, they have a lot of good names on here from guys that were that were good players in their college careers and uh, even early on in their NFL careers. Uh, Brian Burns is a solid pass rusher on one side. Derek Brown is a beast on the inside. Yatur uh, Gross Matos is, looks like he's going to get a start and get the start this year at the other defensive end position. And we know how much talent he had going into the draft last year. Then their linebacker room is really good. Shaq Thompson, Denzel Perryman, and Hassan Reddick. Yep. Um, really, really solid linebacker room there. And the J.C. Horn addition. J.C. Horn added to the secondary uh, with Dante Jackson, Justin Burris, and Jeremy Chin, who was a, obviously another guy that we were excited about going into the 2020 NFL draft. So 
a lot of really good things there. Um, I, I like what they've got going on in Carolina, and I think this is a team that you should look to step forward here, uh, depending on the play of Darnold. And, and honestly, I think his play is going to improve with the group that he has around him here. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, that's what we said at the beginning. This division is very interesting. Um, obviously, we'll get to the Buccaneers later. It seemed to be the cream of the crop as they bring the well, you know the whole 22 back. But this is a team that, with some of the other teams in kind of flux, could, yeah. could become that number two team in this division this season. Not, yeah. not, not in the future. It could be this season. But like you said, a lot of that depends on Sam Darnold and how he can uh, move the offense up and down the field. Let's go to Atlanta, Tom, and talk about uh, what they've got going on. And, you know, the big changes there, Julio Jones no longer in town. Um, they add Kyle Pitts uh, early in the draft here. So, you know, Calvin Ridley obviously stepped forward big time last year. Uh, looks going to need to continue to do that because the rest of the receiver room, uh, to me, is, is a lot of also rans, you know. Yeah. The, nobody that really stands out in that room. Russell Gage is okay um, yep. and, and should improve and maybe a value play in fantasy this year as the number two receiver there. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts, uh, you got to expect him to, to do his part and Hayden Hurst to, to be a part of the offense there. I would expect Pitts to be flexed out a lot and Hayden Hurst still be on the field in line. So, you know, the, the wide receivers, while not looking good, uh, Kyle Pitts, when you add him to that group, because he's more a receiver than he is a tight end, uh, you, you can expect some some fireworks, I think, at times. Yeah. Um, Mike Davis is going to be the starting running back, it looks like. He did really well in Carolina last year. Yeah, filling in for McCaffrey. Yep, so he gets his shot. It, it'll be interesting. I think that they have, they have like, a mismatch pe- people, right? They have Matt Ryan, who's... You know, I think it's safe to say at the twilight of his career. Yeah. And then you have a lot of young guys who are going to be learning right. on the job, which will be nice to have the mentorship. But it just seems to be you got one guy going out. These guys are going to get a year or two with him, and then you're going to have to find something else. They added the versatile Cordero Patterson to be part of that uh, weaponry on that team. Uh, you know, he plays some running back, some receiver, good Returns return kicks, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, that's where I have my bigger concerns. And that's where they've had problems, even though yeah. they've spent a lot of resources. We're talking some big draft picks. We're talking some uh, big money and free agents over the years. Secondary concerns me, Eric Harris, Jalen Hawkins, uh, Isaiah Oliver, and A.J. Terrell. Um, their, their safety room you know, is concerning, but maybe Richie Grant can step in as a rookie and, and um, you know, be a part of that. Uh, Fabian Moreau um, and Avery Williams are also in the cornerback room. Up front, you know, they've got Dante Fowler, and Deion Jones is, is probably the, the star of that defense at this point. Uh, really explosive linebacker who can do it all. He can cover. He can rush the passer. He yeah. can he can do a little bit of everything. So. And Grady Jarrett's still a beast. And Young Way Koo had a nice season as the place kicker, but we don't like to talk about kickers on this podcast. <laughs> I made that up just now. so I, I'm okay with it. All right. <laughs> Let's go to the Big Easy and talk about the New Orleans Saints. Big question mark. Is it going to be Taysom Hill? Is it going to be Jameis Winston, Tom? Give me your gut feeling. My gut feeling, it will be Jameis until they get to the red zone. You think so? You think you're going to see kind of a timeshare? Yeah, I mean, maybe not even a true timeshare, but I think that they are going to continue having, you know, packages with Taysom Hill. Um, he's very – he's a good weapon for that kind of yeah. stuff especially, so I think you're going to have some of that – um, 
interesting. I think Winston's your best chance, but I think Taysom Hill brings some things that, uh, you know, Jameis can get sloppy with the football, and when you're in the red zone, he's he's very yeah. dangerous at that. And Taysom Hill in the red zone is very dangerous because he can take off, right. he can throw it. I think that gives them some some fun from, from that. Right. So you've got um, Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith, the wide receivers, um, with Marquez Callaway and Deontay Harris. Um, it's a solid receiver room, yes. you know, and, and nothing to be concerned about. I like their up front, it, you know, their offensive line, Ryan Ramchek, going from right to left. Ryan Ramchek, Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy, Andrews Pete, Teron Armstead. Yeah. Um, rock solid up front at all five positions. So I, I look for a step forward out of Adam Troutman, the, the rookie tight end from last year. Um, I think he'll he'll step up and, uh, you know, be a part of that offense. And then you've still got Kamara and Latavius Murray in that backfield. So um, plenty of options there still on the offensive side of the ball, plenty of weaponry uh, for whoever ends up with that starting job. Uh, the defensive side of the ball, um, you've got Cameron Jordan. They drafted Peyton Turner, um, Marcus Davenport. Um, so, you know, plenty of guys to bring the pass rush. I liked Zach Bond coming out of college. Yep. So we'll see, you know, where, how and where he's used. Demario Davis is a real pro. Yeah, Pete Werner's a rookie. They expect to get some time. Um, the secondary, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Patrick Robinson, um, Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams uh, at the safety positions. Paulson Ad Adebo was a draft pick this year. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had plenty of time in the on the field last year. Um, P.J. Williams is still there. So, you know, plenty of plenty of stuff here. Um, I think it all hinges on how good the quarterback play can really be in New Orleans. Yeah, you saw with Taysom Hill last year that they were they were okay. They, they weren't um, very explosive or great, but they were able to finish drives very well. They were able to right. move the ball a little bit. Um, so it, it'll be interesting if they go with that or if they give Jameis the, the full go. Um, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch this play out in preseason. Yeah, One of the teams that you're probably going to want to see a lot of preseason on just to kind of see how they play and how they use them. Like, who gets the first start? Right. Like, alternate preseason starts and keep us guessing. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun to see. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Tampa Bay, the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, and they decided they were going to run it back. Yeah. Uh, they brought everyone back, man. This is the same group that we saw last year. So, um, you know, where have they upgraded? Well, um, added Joe Tryon uh, as a linebacker, um, can kind of fill him in in that room. Um, you know, Robert Hainsey up front to help get some more depth on the offensive line. Jalen Darden in the receiver room. Um, Kyle Trask as a, as a backup quarterback option here. Um, who knows if that'll be a guy that makes the, the 53 or if he ends up uh, stashed on the practice squad, if they can slide him through there. Um, you know, I like Ronald Jones. I like Keyshawn Vaughn. The, I guess the the biggest uh, question mark is who gets the carries more. Is it going to be Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones uh, yeah. in that backfield? And yeah, the running backs are crazy. You got Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette at top, right? Yeah. Then you have Keyshawn Vaughn, Giovanni Bernard, and C.J. Proceis and like backing them off. There's yeah. a lot of good running backs on that team. Yeah, and defensively, you still have Sue, Vita Vea, William Golston, JPP, um, Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. Um, the secondary has Antoine Winfield, who will get even better in his second year. Um, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, you know, so there, there, there's 
I mean, everything that they had going last year is, is going to be there again. Uh, the kicking, the place kicker, uh, I see they drafted Jose Borgales or, you know, ended up with Jose Borgales who will yeah. compete with Ryan Suckup for the place kicker job. Um, otherwise, I mean, this is a team that's going to – they're going to run it back. And, you know, there's depth in that wide receiver room. So much depth. Scotty Miller made big plays. Tyler um, Johnson was good. Yeah. So there's <laughs> – you know, all across this roster, if they can stay healthy and there's not a big regression from from Brady, which how can you expect that or try to predict that at this yeah. point? The the thing I heard the other day about them is where do, you know you said where do they get better? I think people are underestimating that last year was their first year together. Yeah. So how are they going to get better? Well, they know they know each other now. Continuity playing, is playing, what's going to get better. Yeah. They're playing. Um, you know, last year they were learning on the job with no no preseason and you know a shortened off season to get ready. And you saw that in the beginning of the year where they're vulnerable in some of those games and they kind of looked middling. And then the last five, six weeks of the regular season, they started to turn it on and they carried that right over to the run in the playoffs. I mean, this team has no um, holes as you look over the depth chart. I mean, tight end, Cameron Bray, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. Give me a break here. Uh, Just a lot of of weapons, a lot of options. it's going to be a lot of fun watching them play uh, for the whole season and see kind of what they can do. Yeah, and, um, you know, my favorite pick in the, uh, you know, out of this division would be uh, the Panthers to get over seven and a half wins on the season. I think this is a team that's on the rise and uh, a healthy season from McCaffrey and a step forward from uh, Darnold with uh, the weapons that he has there. I think there's an opportunity to to get that done. So, um, that, yeah, that, and, and that, like, that, like we said when we were talking about Carolina, when you have Atlanta seems to be taking a little bit of a step back, some of their weapons are New Orleans has a quarterback change, yeah. So, there's that opportunity, right? There's that opportunity where that second spot's kind of up for grabs where it used to be, you know, Atlanta and New Orleans, now it's Tampa Bay, and now we'll see who, who of those three teams can kind of get to that second spot yeah. and hold on to it, yeah. I mean, they need to go three and three in division, as far as I can see. to to uh, have a chance to get to the eight wins on the season. But, you know, eight wins with a 17-game season doesn't seem like a lot to me uh, for a team that's, uh, I feel like, stepping forward. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of watch that group. That, that You know, it's easy to say I'm excited to see Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers run it back. Sure. Um, but out of the rest of that division, I, I absolutely want to see what Carolina becomes here because I believe in Matt Rule and Joe Brady and that that leadership that they have there yeah this is nfl football right all, all four of these teams are making moves to to get better and it's it's interesting to see how some of them are going to do that carolina had a very solid under the radar season last year considering they lost mccaffrey it was their first year for matt rule and just trying to change things up they had a good season i mean the, yeah. the results maybe weren't there um but you could see that this was a better football team yeah and they get to build on that this year um, Atlanta seems a little lost to me, yeah. and then the Saints. It's so it'll be so crazy to see who they go with and how it works, and if they have a back and forth or, or right. how that's going to work for them. So it, it's a fun division to kind of look into uh, this season as it goes on. All right, that's going to wrap up tonight's episode. Uh, next week we are going to. Did we determine what we've got? Yeah, for? we're going to talk a little bit about the Olympics, uh, golf, and basketball. Uh, yeah, Big Twelve preview. Yeah, and the NFC West. The NFC West, I think, the most competitive division, yeah. top to bottom. It's rough, and that loss of Cam Akers for the Rams really hurts. Yeah, it's bad. 
That really hurts. It'll be. I'm glad that we didn't preview them yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we get to factor that in as we. Glad we didn't draft fantasy yet. Ugh. No kidding, right? Ugh. That was going to be a you know top six or seven running back in in a lot of places. So oh, absolutely. Um, now you know we'll kind of see if uh, what they can do in that room if they add a veteran presence or not. But all right, we'll talk about that all next week. Um, in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll see if we have any uh, Hammer Sports hot picks come out this week. It's tough. And we have a bit of a lull in the gambling season, unless you're a big baseball better. So yeah, uh, we'll try and find some options here and uh, and get a video or two up here at some point. So uh, we'll catch you all next week. Yeah.